Hey everybody, Joe here from the Lions Led by Donkeys podcast. If you enjoy what we do here on the show and you think it's worth your hard-earned money, you can support the show via Patreon. Just a $1 donation gets you access to bonus episodes, our Discord, and regular episodes before everybody else. If you donate an elevated level, you get even more bonus content. A digital copy of my book, The Hooligans of Kandahar, and a sticker from our Teespring store. Our show will always be ad-free and is totally supporter-driven. We use that money to pay our bills, buy research materials that make this show possible, and support charities like the Kurdish Red Crescent, the Flint Water Fund, and the Halo Trust. Consider joining the Legion of the Old Crow today. And now back to the show. Hello, and welcome back to the Lines Led by Donkeys podcast. I'm Joe, and with me is Liam. Again, hello, Liam. Hey, bud. It's weird how you're still here at part three of a series. It's almost like... You're here for the whole thing. Well, are there are there people being mean to me in the comments again? Oh, there's probably people being mean to me in the comments too. Be be nice. Be nice to me. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 he's, he's got Joe. Our boy's going through it. Yeah, he's Joe and through it. I'm uh I'm enjoying a nice tall can of Burn Energy Drink, which I oh I don't know where this is from to be completely honest. Um, I feel like you're happier not knowing, frankly. I'm, I'm just a little curious. There's all sorts of different languages. Like there's Spanish on here. I think there's Turkish on here. Right, I'm looking oh, it up on my phone. I need distribution to know this is. in Romania. Burn energy. Light it up. Yeah, with an exclamation point. Uh, it is distributed by the the Romanian Coca Cola branch. Okay. Does it have an exclamation point on it? It's, uh, no, it's just the word burn. Okay. Um, Does it? Okay. So it's apparently owned by Monster. Weird. Romanian monster? I don't know. What flavor is it? Green. Is it just called bird green? It doesn't have a flavor. It just says, it says something in fucking Romanian or something. And it just says burn. Uh, but the color is green. It tastes... Green is an accurate taste for it. It has no discernible flavor. You're gonna die. Uh, you know what? I hope so. Moving on. <laughs> oh, buddy. Uh, so when we left you last time uh, uh, on part two, the uh, the main theater of war sputtered and died. Uh, but I actually do have to clarify that the main theater of this war had actually gone for quite a long time, um, much longer than the rest of it. But it likes it much lower intensity uh, to the point that to the point that we're really not going to talk about it anymore. Are we talking um, about like low scale gorilla stuff? Or? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like nothing in comparison to the rest of it. Maine, oh, okay. Maine goes through some shit. Um, because when you live in Maine, what else are you going to do other than kill one another? Uh, I suppose do Go math. To the L.L. Bean store. <laughs> I, I suppose do math, but I hadn't been invented yet. So there's shit out of luck. Um, but, you know, winter sweeps in. Everybody starts sputtering and dying because, you know, it's cold and it's the fucking 1600s. So mm-hmm. you just drop dead because your lungs missing disease. Yes. Yeah. As we've established. Yeah. Life was terrible. Even when the wind wasn't searing your skin off and killing your fingers and toes. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're up to your balls and snow, things tend to get a lot worse. However, by this point, our boy King Philip had camped out in New York around what today would be. Oh man, I'm probably gonna pronounce this wrong. Scott, Scotty Coke. Uh, I don't sure. know. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to correct it. It's fine. <laughs> uh, the reason he had gone there was to enlist the help of another tribe, the Mohawk, uh, who had so far completely stayed out of the war. As Philip was down to only a few dozen warriors uh, at best at this point, and the Mohawk were considered a pretty big regional power, he hoped to be able to swing them his way. This is gonna. Is it, I assume it's going to work good. We're actually not sure if that's why he went to New York. It's not like Philip left us a detailed itinerary. Right, it was just like, all right, see ya. Yeah, uh, he could have actually been there uh, to draw the Mohicans into the conflict mm. and organize. Like in hopes that they would be raided, like be like, oh no, I see that you've been raided. Would you like to join my war? I think it was they were going to launch a raid on Albany and then figured that New Yorkers would blame the Mohicans. Sure. Okay. Um, New York colony itself was also not involved in the war because uh, remember every colony is virtually independent and hates all the other colonies. Mm. Um, so New York's, uh, New York's governor, Edmund Andros, wasn't super happy when he heard Philip showed up on his doorstep because he's like, hey, I stayed out of this shit. You brought it here. Please right? leave me alone. Yeah. 
Hippity hoppity, get off my property. <laughs> now, just so someone doesn't accuse me of saying Andrus was a good guy or something for staying out of the war uh, so far, I should point out that his opposition to the war had nothing to do with his love of native peoples, but rather because he had a personal beef with the governor of Massachusetts and simply didn't want to work with him. He was not a man of principle. He was a petty yeah. bitch. Yeah. Sure. Uh, previous to this, Andros had also agreed to sell firearms to the New York tribes, mostly the Iroquois. Uh, this led to the Massachusetts governor to accuse Andros of selling guns to King Philip, which he wasn't. Not that he was, again, morally opposed to this. Philip just had no money. Um, oh. he, he had nothing worth trading. So I was like, nah. it's, uh, it's like Lord of War. But he says, like, I didn't do business with Osama bin Laden, not because I have any uh, personal standards. His checks were just bouncing at the time. Oh. From King Philip for guns. Smiley face. <laughs> then um, after but it just says for drugs. <laughs> Man, I, I didn't know that. Uh, uh, was it uh, like cash app or whatever? When you put notes on a uh, um, Venmo. Yeah, sorry, don't, Venmo. Don't do I, that. I didn't know that those were publicly available. So I sent yep. like $10 to my friend the other day. And just to fuck with him, I said for that ass. Uh, as the note, beautiful, <laughs> and he's like, "Thanks." Uh, my wife could see that. And I was like, "Good." Yeah. Good. <laughs> uh, but after not entering the war and hearing Philip was camping out in New York, they again accuse Andros of sh- uh, sheltering him, which he also still wasn't. Hell, New York had sold the gunpowder to the colonies they used to commit the Great Swamp Massacre. They were playing both sides. Uh, like so they always come out on top. That's right. True. Uh, enlightened centrism, uh, selling uh, guns to commit a massacre while also selling guns to protect from a massacre. We like to have fun here. Whatever the case for Philip being in New York, Andrews absolutely did not want him there. So while it can never be confirmed, it's thought and generally accepted that uh, Andros, who is close to the Mohawk people, told them to get rid of Philip. He did not care how. Just like like a, a tribe-wide bouncer. Like, get, right. get this motherfucker out of my bar. Sure. Soon after that, the Mohawks attacked Philip Camp uh, and destroyed uh, almost the entire Wampanoag people. Uh, oh. Like, Philip ran off because, you know, small group of people. The Wampanoag people, not so lucky. Uh, almost 500 of them were killed uh, and sent the survivors running off screaming into the New England, uh, de- like the, 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 the middle of New Desolate England winter. winter yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad, bad news. As if that wasn't bad enough, they just kept going. Uh, like they just acted as like New York colonies proxy force and just went batshit crazy. They tore through anything and everyone that stood in their way, destroying virtually any Algonquin villages they came across as they kept moving. Keep now this kept Philip running and desperately seeking food and shelter as the Mohawk tore through the winter of 1675 like a fucking buzzsaw. Ah, yes, the old Sherman through Atlanta approach. Yeah, uh, and this went on for a year, and the Mohawk were suddenly more terrifying than the colonists. So for a lot of people, um, uh, a lot of tribes that were kind of involved in the war, maybe they just, uh, their fence-sitters, half their tribe went off to fight, but they didn't officially join. Sure, A lot of these fucking tribes ran to the colonists and surrendered to them just to save themselves from the Mohawk. Um, fully knowing, by the way, that they would like slavery is better than getting a fucking axe through the head by a Mohawk warrior. Sure. You know? And the Mohawk made people die real bad uh, without going into details uh, at the moment. I'll go into details later. It's not that I don't do that. It's just yeah. it, it's pretty fucked up shit. Uh, like they sure did things. Yeah, they did things that were so bad. Even the the tribes and the and the militias who remember were literally cutting each other apart and throwing the pieces into the branches. We're like, God damn, the mobs are crazy. Like, I know I'm fucked up, but damn. Um, now, on other occasions, the colonists urged uh, these tribes to surrender to save their lives from the Mohawk, promising to not put them into slavery and then put them into slavery. Uh, if the colonists got their hands on you, you're becoming a slave. Though I should point out that the Mohawks did not throw themselves into this war because they're loyal to Andrews or even friendly to any kind of colonial cause. Their main political and historical enemy were the Narragansetts. 
So once the colonists drag them kicking and screaming into the war, which remember they forced them into last episode, Andros right. could give the Mohawk the green light, arming and supplying them the entire time so they could go duke it out with their old enemy, you know? Sure. However, down in New England, things were slightly more temperate uh, weather-wise, so the war only lulled for about a month before kicking back off at the end of January. I've never been to New England, but I've always been under the impression that it's a frozen hellhole for about as long as Michigan was every year. So yeah. I, I can't imagine yeah. doing war at the, at the end of January. Yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. If you no remember, ruins, by the way. Uh, boo. No. If you remember from last episode, the colonies had raided the Narragansett, Narragansett winter camp. Uh, so for no reason whatsoever, dragging them into the war, they had so far mm-hmm. mostly stayed out of. Real master fucking move there. Now the Narragansetts were looking for revenge, regathering their forces and began raiding parts of Rhode Island, roughly where Cranston and Warwick are today. Uh, mm-hmm. They burned everything that they got their hands on and stole. So as many- just normal Rhode Island then. Yeah, just normal Rhode Island. Uh, Warwick, famously a place that's never been a fire before. Uh, uh, Station nightclub fire. Yeah. Uh, check out that episode. Yeah, it's very, very good. Don't watch the video. Don't uh, watch the video. Uh, one of the scariest hotels I've ever stayed in was in Warwick. Scary as in sketchy or scary as in like, I don't believe in ghosts, but this bitch is haunted. Both, actually. <laughs> the ghosts do meth here. <laughs> yeah. You know that joke about you, you got ghosts in your blood, you should do cocaine about it? They sure are, son. <laughs> hey, I mean, that means they're very healthy, thankfully. Everybody knows it's the best kind of health care. That's right. Uh, during these raids, the, uh, the natives burned everything they could get their hands on, stole uh, as, mu- as much livestock that they could carry before running back off into the forest. And after this, the Narragansetts said the one thing the colonists are trying really hard to stop, and uh, previous to this, only existed in their nightmares. They began to march towards the Nipmuc and Wapanag people, making an alliance. Uh-oh. Yeah, congratulations. You've played yourself. You caused all of this. None of these guys are even involved. Put <laughs> a quarter in your ass because you played yourself. Now, when word got back to the colonists, they sent the same force that had been resting since the Great Swamp Massacre to attack them and stop them from making contact. However, this went about badly, as you can imagine. Remember, it's fucking January. Um, right. The army had been reinforced uh, from the the fight from before, but nobody could actually supply it because logistics weren't invented yet. Apparently, uh, like the colonial supply situation was always bad because life sucks and everything's terrible. They're living hand to mouth on everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it was winter in the middle of a war, uh, like a desperately bad war that was destroying so much of like colonial America at the time. Uh, their population, their supplies, everything, their food supply specifically. So everything is just stretched thin. So after marching uh, out after the Narragansetts, they simply found themselves constantly getting ambushed. They ran out of food in about a day and then had to eat their horses. (laughs) They, They tried to stick with it, thinking that eventually they'd be able to trap the Narragansetts into a pitched battle and win because they're stupid. Um, Because why would they do that? Uh, famously what you should do when fighting a battle is fight your enemies battle for them like ah they really want us to fight this way uh, okay, so, i guess we'll do that yeah i guess we'll stand in the line and shoot at one another like a bunch of dumbasses um they, the so the forces march endlessly uh ca- occasionally catching a musket ball between the eyes from a bush uh and you know dying of frostbite uh, the army's commander decided by early February that mm, this isn't going so well. We should probably turn around. Uh, because at this point, about half of his army that hadn't been shot or died from exposure or uh, frostbite or whatever. Yeah, uh, dropping dead from terminal syphilis on the march. <laughs> uh, uh, half of them had just gone home. They're like, yeah, I, this would I would too. They just, they just went home. This I'm going to pay the equivalent of like eight cents a day, dude. I'm not, well, if I'm going to well, get They are not all. being paid. They are not being paid. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just bouncing. See ya. This this whole endeavor uh, earned the lovely nickname the Hungry March, um, which Why? I also learned while researching this uh, name, uh, the, researching this episode, is the name of a brass band in Brooklyn. Uh, <laughs> oh, good. So I, I don't know if their music's good or not, but solid band name. After this, the Narragansetts officially allied with the rest of the war tribes. 
meaning quite literally the colonists caused their own nightmare to become true because they're huge assholes. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, who would have thought? Fucking crackers, man. Though you can't sort of such a uh, a big camp of different people without some spies getting in, which is what happened. Sure. Uh, mostly these were praying Indians who were somewhat loyal Just to the great fucking name. Yeah, great. Uh, we didn't invent it. So no, no, that's actually the name of my band. Uh, now uh, these guys acted as double agents. They told the colonists that several towns were about to be attacked. Was Lancaster about the first to go? Though the colonists refused to believe them because they doubted their loyalty. And also because, you know, why racism. even employ them as spies? Exactly. They dispatched a spy. And then when he did his job, they just ignored him. They were like, nah, not like that, motherfucker. Yeah. Could, could you tell that to me while being more white? No. I already converted to your religion. Nah, not good enough. No. Mm-mm, mm, come back. Mm, come back later. Mm. So, of course, when the attack came on February 10th, nobody was there to defend it. The closest garrison of a whole 40 guys was stationed several miles away and wasn't even, yeah, yeah, boys. wasn't even told, hey, there might be an attack over in Lancaster. So word had to travel to them by some guy running over there and telling them to come and help. Ah, yes, the marathon approach. Yeah, uh, it, but it's a Lancaster marathon, so I assume he's carrying like a beer. Yeah, uh, it's, like a, it's like a beer mile. Um, by the time they finally got to Lancaster, an allied war band had already leveled the place, killing the town's minister and taking 20 people hostage, who, and an Uno reverse card, were sold into slavery to other tribes. Hey. Like, how do you like it, motherfuckers? <laughs> Everything the spies said ended up being true as raids kept coming. The colonial government was so unable to deal with any of this that when around 300 Nipmuc warriors attacked Medfield, uh, which someone in the comments told me that that's where they live. So congratulations, you live in a sorry, uh, you oh. live in a battlefield. Oh. Yeah, Ugh. why get out? Uh, but three hundred Nipmuc warriors attacked Medfield. Their local garrison of a hundred guys just didn't even respond. Uh, so the the warriors torched the place and kidnapped people without much of a fight. Uh, and this terrified Boston, uh, as it was pretty clear to everyone that native forces could pretty much attack anywhere they wanted. The colonial militia was too incompetent to stop them. And as if to underline this, they immediately sent an army to try to chase down the allied tribal forces that had been raiding them, again, only to find empty forces and snipers. Uh, These guys are real good at wars. Yeah, when the bushes start speaking Wampanoag, you're going to have a problem. Yeah. When when they return... Robert Road is blaring for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) When they returned to their garrisons after chasing shadows, then they got attacked again. Uh, Captain William Clark's garrison was almost entirely destroyed because his men were all asleep when the natives launched their attack and they didn't leave anybody uh, to stand guard. Um, raiding parties were turned back in some cases by colonial forces, but then Warwick, Rhode Island, for, was for all intents and purposes completely destroyed. Uh, and from my understanding, they still haven't rebuilt. It still looks the same. The the winter of 1676 went terribly for the colonists. Province Rhode Island was torched. And there was even an attack on Plymouth itself, which wasn't successful. It was beaten back by the militia, but it showed that nothing was safe. Like the, like the, the best, the biggest, most powerful colonies are being attacked. You know, like Boston is in gun sites and shit. It did not matter where you were. Everything broke down. Um, as the, f- as the frost thawed, it became planting season, something that was literally a matter, matter of life and death in this. Well, it still is, too, but I don't know why I said that. But, you know, they're living hand-to-mouth, hard-scrabble lives. They, if missing and fucking up a planting season means everybody just dies. Um, but there is now a huge swath of what had previously been farmland that the colonies pretty much lost control of. Because remember, all the population had fled because there's not enough garrison to protect them. Towns had been torched or otherwise abandoned, sometimes evacuated. People were paranoid. Um, the war had no front lines. No, nowhere was safe. And also, remember, uh, the militia are also the planters. Like, there's no soldiers. Right. Every, it's just a guy. So, like, you, you can't do both. This is going to be a big problem. Uh, the, is, this ended up being a, creating a, a state of perpetual terror and paranoia. Oh, good. Which, thankfully, they weren't already paranoid as shit, right? Um, and this is also not helped by the pro- proliferation of like small newspapers. Each mm-hmm. one told everyone who read it that the like all of the lurid, horrifying details of the brutality of the war going around them. That is, if they're one of the few people that didn't actually see it themselves, because 
everywhere is getting fucked up. Like people are seeing dead bodies left and right. Uh, mm-hmm. Like most of these people's towns had already been attacked. Uh, it doesn't take many stories of men, women, and children being field dressed like a deer for people to begin thinking that they're living in the goddamn apocalypse. Meanwhile, new elements kept being introduced as the colonial militia kept shooting at random tribes and dragging them into the war. Or when Governor uh, Andros effectively invaded New England with the Mohawk uh, without consulting anybody else. Uh, mm-hmm. They lacked the ability to protect people while they worked and instead could only plant in areas that were solidly under their control, which. If you remember back to the population boom from, I believe, the first episode, that means there was not nearly enough land uh, to, yeah, for, to, to feed all these people. Furthermore, only small groups could plant at a time because the colonial militia were hardly able to patrol and protect people all at the same time while also having to plant. Uh, like, you know, all of society Amazing. is effectively breaking down. Right. By and large, the English crown had stayed out of this war so far. No British soldiers would take part. None of them would ever be shipped over there. Effectively, the only thing they ever learned about uh, the war came from Puritan businessmen traveling back uh, to the islands. And mm-hmm. holy shit, did the British hate the colonial administrators, thinking that they were just about the most incompetent people they'd ever seen. And got to hand it to the king on this one. He was right. Uh, that sounds uh, all right. Yeah. It came pretty obvious to England that they would have to, at some point, solidify direct rule over the colonies because these guys were too dumb to run shit on their own. Um, sure, that won't lead to any future problems or revolutions in local history. Now, seemingly every time the colonies tried to do something, ended up as a catastrophic fuck up. For example, after the raid on Marlborough, the Colonial Council of War <laughs> ordered uh, Captain Samuel Wadsworth to take 50 men to the Massachusetts frontier. However, uh, the, al- the allied tribal forces of native warriors, sometimes noted being led, as, uh, being led at by Philip himself, though in reality probably not, just went around them and infiltrated the town of Sudbury in the middle of the night and started setting shit on fire. Nice. Civilians ran, hiding in the town's garrison block while trying to shoot back, though they were outnumbered by several hundred at this point. This is just something of a trap for the nearby town of Concord, because uh, when they heard gunfire, the Concord militia garrison mustered and ran over to the town of Sudbury for help, only to get caught in ambush that was waiting for them because that's what the, the natives were planning. Solid right. plan. This happened so close to Sudbury that their trapped garrison could actually watch the relief force get wiped out. Oh, fun. Yeah, that's that. That'll bring morale up. With the town's garrison. Exciting. Yeah, with the town's garrison completely surrounded, the war bands filled up a wheelbarrow with flax and lit it on fire, setting it flying towards the building, hoping to burn the whole thing down. But then it hit a rock, upturned, and flung burning goddamn flax in every direction, setting the town on fire in in all directions. Everywhere, yes. And before the warriors could rig up another Acme fire device to target the garrison, another relief column from Watertown appeared. Uh, And since the warriors didn't plan on these ones coming and having a stand-up fight in the middle of a burning town, they hauled ass back to the woods, not wanting to engage them in open battle. Which, good call. Fair enough. At this point, Wadsworth detachment of 50 men finally showed up and told the relief column that they should go after the natives. But the column was pretty in a pretty bad way after being ambushed. So, you know, getting their shit rocked. Yes. Yeah. Going and chasing into the woods is a bad idea. So Wadsworth decided to do it on his own. However, he had no idea where the Allied tribal army went. Uh, they had effectively melted into the unbroken forest. So he just went bumble fucking his way through the bush until he got spotted. If, uh, yeah. Yeah, they got spotted a few by a few native warriors just standing around who then ran off. Obviously, this is a clear as day a fucking trap. Uh, and instead of seeing that, Wadsworth ordered his men to give chase. Put his and, thumb up his own butthole. Yes. Yeah, of course, those guys were bait and led them directly into a bigger ambush. Oh, no, my thumb. It's in my butt. His force was immediately surrounded and began being picked apart when, shockingly, Wadsworth's men actually held their ground, forming a square and began firing back. The natives were unable to break the square until they're like, wait a minute. Why are we throwing ourselves at this? These guys are standing in a field of dry brush. They just lit the Ah, field on fire. ah. Yeah, they just lit the field on fire. Uh, that broke the uh, the malicious square formation because, you know, they got well, a goddamn wildfire thrown at them. Yeah, that'll happen. And they broke and ran for their lives. Most of them did not make it. Wadsworth was killed. Uh, some of the militiamen surrendered, which turned out to be a very, very bad idea. Uh, 
you know, they probably assumed they were going to be sold into slavery, which they were not. Remember, many of these warriors had very vivid, very recent memories of what the colonial militia had done to their people, especially at the swamp fight. Um, according to Increase Mather, the Puritan historian. Quote, ah, yes. Also, I believe a pretty pivotal part of the uh, Salem Witch Trials. Yes. Uh, quote, stripped them naked, causing them to run the gauntlet, whipping after them with a cruel and bloody manner. And then they threw hot ashes upon them. They cut flesh from their legs and put fire into their wounds, delighted to see the miserable torments of these wretched creatures. Afterwards, they were dressed out like deer and their pieces were spread across the forest, knowing that their friends and family would come and see them soon. Uh, yeah. This kind of thing was not just an outlier. It was pretty standard for pretty much uh, both militia and tribal warriors that fell into one another's hands at this point. There was another incident that became known as nine men's misery, uh, where, oh, ten, yeah, where 10 militia were captured and nine were tortured to death slowly over the course of hours or days. And, uh, the 10th guy managed to escape. I don't, I don't entirely know how, um, but the site of this torture is now a monument in Cumberland, Rhode Island. And weirdly oh, considered the oldest veteran memorial in the United States. It's called okay. Nine Men's Misery. Nice and cheerful. Don't go to Rhode Island. It's, yeah. it's there's there's nothing Island. in Rhode Island. Newport's nice. This sounds like the point where I would like say the natives seized upon this weakness, driving the colonists back onto boats and well, making them fuck off back happen. to England. Yeah. But um, I know I've said this a few times, but it bears repeating. All of the thoughts that Native people were playing this colony-wide war, allying with one another uh, long in advance and stockpiling food and resources, was only in the imagination of the colonial population. Instead, they were they had. Yeah, instead they were doomed, um, for a lack of a better term. While they were winning virtually every battle they fought, it truly did not matter. Every battle cost them more than it cost the militia or the colonists or even the colony-allied tribes. Nobody in this war made any attempt to tell the difference between soldiers and civilians, and the militia saved the most brutal fighting for their native allies, like the Mohawk and the Mohicans, uh, meaning sometimes when they won a battle, they were effectively, then uh, by they I mean like Philip, they were effectively only shooting themselves in the foot. And same for colonial allied tribes. Like Pyrrhic victory comes to mind. Yeah, they're constantly losing people while the colonists are obviously getting mangled as well. But the colonist population will always go up. Right. Always they're, sucking go up. And, they're sucking and fucking. Yeah. Uh, there is a, uh, a better chance more than their native allies died than actual colonists. And even if Philip won, a battle killed 10 colonists and they lost three of their own, like they're not going to replace those three. Uh, those, those, you know? Pressing more native allies into colonial service had other benefits as well. They had gotten rid of the natives' most advantageous position uh, when it came to fighting, and that was fighting in the forests. Um, now, even though the colonists didn't change from their traditional war fighting methods, they had people at their disposal that would absolutely be able to handle it. Like They, they will fight Philip's uh, people the way that Philip fights. So they have parity, you know, rather than spending every day of your life tripping over your dick and getting ambushed in the woods like they had been doing. However, the true Achilles heel was, you guessed it, supplies. Despite the paranoid conspiracy theories of the colonists, uh, the native tribes did not plan for this war. There was no stockpile. There was no preparation when it came to harvesting or hunting. Nothing. Now forced into what was effectively a permanent and constant war footing, uh, that meant they couldn't sow crops, which some tribes didn't do that at all anyway. Uh, but uh, some did, but the few that did wouldn't be able to sow crops now. The men were fighting and always had to be on guard, which just like the militia, the men were hunters. They were gatherers. I mean, women also did those things, but not as much. They have to totally retool for this, and they just don't have the resources to do yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Not to mention they couldn't just sit still long enough to farm because it was only a matter of time before their village was located and turned into a charnel house by the militia or their tribal allies. This constant stress of war also meant uh, hunting uh, dropped sharply because they had to choose how are we going to use our gunpowder? Like, right. are we going to use this ammo to eat or defend ourselves? You know, right? And yeah, none of both. Yeah, yeah. And like, this was not a secret to the colonists. Of they helped this occur. Their war aims changed to waging a logistical war against anything that could supply native people, military or civilian alike, turning the countryside into one rolling scorched earth campaign nothing was safe for the natives to do their fields if they had them were burned wild animals were called in mass they couldn't hunt like because like if we point i think I, in episode one 
the the colonists weren't hunters. They didn't need to. They were right. They, they had livestock. They were farmers. And normally only rich people went out and hunted occasionally. But now entire militia groups are being sent off into the wood and woods and like ordered to kill literally any living thing that you find. So the natives couldn't eat it. Like birds, rabbits, deer, kill everything that moves. And uh, even on top of that, like, of course, you could still fish and the colonists knew all the good fishing spots. Right. So they set up ambush parties on all of these spots waiting for the natives to show up to sure. try to eat. And this led to the horrific event known as the Falls Fight. More accurately, the Falls Massacre. At this point, there wasn't a single band of native people who were fighting the colonists that was not just simply falling apart. Starvation, thirst and rampant disease swept through all of them. So in May 1676, with no options available, the, a band of Algonquin people attempted to set up a fishing camp near Turner, Turner Falls, Massachusetts, and immediately found themselves under attack by a detachment led by Captain William Turner. Um, his men were largely untrained. Uh, they're just some guys, even for militia guys. Like They didn't even know, really know how to fire their muskets, but that didn't really matter because the people they were fighting were surprised, half dead from disease and starvation. Uh, or, you know, unarmed. Uh, the ones that did have weapons barely had the strength to pick them up and defend themselves. So, in other versions of the story, there was no fight. Uh, the natives were sleeping uh, and they were effectively murdered in their sleep. Um, American tradition, baby. Yeah. This rapidly turned into an outright massacre that went on for hours. 200 native people were killed at least. Uh, most of them were not warriors, most of them were women and children because a lot of the men had already been dead and fighting. The colonists remembering the butchery at Bloody Brook, which is, uh, you know, where people were surrendered and then got dressed out. They repeated it. They hacked apart and mutilated the corpses of people they, they killed, strung along human organs, skins, and limbs from the Jesus surrounding forest. Jesus fucking Christ, man. And they collected their ears as a trophy. Ew. Yeah. And they left them there, letting everybody know that this is what would happen if you came and tried to get food. Now, if we can take one bright spot out of those fucking horrible stories, that Turner and his merry gang of war criminals were, as they were leaving the scene at the falls, another native band came running in and they were ready to fight, hearing the gunshots and heading towards them and armed to the teeth. Turner's unit were fine at massacring half dead or sleeping people, but in an actual fight, they were worthless. When they were counterattacked, they immediately broke and ran. The responding native band saw what they had done at the falls and hunted them for revenge almost as a sport most of the 150 men were able to make it back to the town of hatfield but 40 didn't and they got the old hard goodbye much like they had just given the four, the poor people at the falls fishing camp and in a in a great version of uh, of of karma captain turner was included in that then that band launched a raid on hatfield itself killing 10 more people and setting most of the town on fire now obviously uh uh terror warfare bad uh nobody uh like i, I know i, I hot, hot, hot take hot take i know i'm willing to give indigenous people here a, a pass oh no this isn't about like i mean it would do whatever you want and when someone's trying to murder it you and your family um but you know uh whenever we talk about something working uh on the show we're not necessarily talking about how how much we like it uh yeah. but the colonies terror warfare which is effectively what it was is genocidal terror warfare it worked it worked um faced with certain death it didn't take long for some native people to start turning remember this is a very very loose alliance and in some cases i wouldn't even use the word alliance at all uh made up of people who didn't really like each other at best and were just as likely to shoot one another as shoot the colonists at worst many bands and tribes decided that this war is a fucking stupid idea. We mm-hmm. need to get out of here. Uh, like, we need to end it, but we're not entirely sure how. And seeing sure. the Falls Massacre as evidence that the colonists were going to hunt them into extinction, because that is what they were planning that on doing. That was planned, right. Yeah. And this isn't something that the natives imagined either. There were several loud and repeated calls for the total extermination of the native population of New England dur- uh, during this time by all levels of the colonial government. So several tribes, uh, even those among uh, Philip's own Wampanoag, uh, openly talked about murdering King Philip and delivering his head to Plymouth as like, hey, look, it's over. He's dead. Uh, peace, you know. 
As if things couldn't get worse, the colonists were learning about uh, the movements of native leaders from their growing network of spies. Um, and that's how they caught up with the Narragansett leader, Cannonchet, uh, which I'm sure I'm pronouncing incorrectly. Yeah, you're ruining it, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, wounding him and then captured him. Uh, he was a hard fucking guy, though. He, a man who once said, quote, we will die to the last man, but we will not be slaves to the English. Um, after su- and this was after surviving the Great Swamp Massacre. Wow. So when the colonists offered to spare him and return to swearing peace for his people and ending their part of the war, he refused fully knowing what was coming to him next uh in fact uh when he was reminded what waited for him he said quote i like it well i shall die uh before my heart is soft and before i have spoken a word unworthy of myself like do your worst bitch i mean they they (laughs) they did i will flip off god and walk backwards into hell i mean to be fair they did do their worst he was hang drawn he was hang drawn and quartered because it's the Uh, 1600s uh his head was delivered to colonial authorities in Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, Another reason Hartford has no business to exist. Yeah. Uh, or Connecticut in general. That sucks. Uh, is, isn't it just a tax base? Like yeah. a, that's what I thought. Dad went to Connecticut for school. It's like Connecticut is just the like American Dubai where people don't go to fucking pay taxes on shit. Like that's just uh, like, dude, that's, that's Delaware. But. Oh yeah. I forgot about Delaware. Yeah. Same thing. Whatever. They're both the same to me. Um, I'm sorry. If you fascinating knowledge of uh, fascinating limited understanding of geography for a guy who's a, a historian. <laughs> hey, I don't know about the fucking northeast or whatever. I don't know where things are. I can't be bothered to learn where things are. Okay, uh, people listening at that point, you also forgot about Delaware until he brought it up. <laughs> like, don't fucking to, lie to me. I happen to live above it. So uh, now by June. A massive new army had been put together. Their major Daniel Henchman. The uh, the the plan was yeah. His name was Daniel Henchman. Like it's like a, if he wasn't born in the 1600s, this is the name of a of a, of a Bond villain like B character, Mister Henchman. It's nice to see you. Hello. Uh, he's wearing a black blazer with a black turtleneck and a nondescript cross necklace. Um, now I, I also have just uh, described. Almost every Armenian man, uh, how they dress in the winter. So, oh. yeah, yeah. The the plan was eventually to launch a counteroffensive, uh, but that largely took form uh, as a roving gang of slavers slaughtering and enslaving any group of natives that they found through the course of a month. Uh, conservatively, their victims were in the hundreds, but it's probably in the thousands. They were just operating a death squad. Uh, it, it's a colonial American Idsids group, and you know. They don't really have. They don't really. Ha- they don't really have that at the uh, the the colonial. What, what do they call those? Uh, colonial Williamsburg or whatever. No, they don't do that. <laughs> yeah. uh, the the colonial militia had also finally managed to organize their garrison system correctly. This meant that there is no more rural, out of the way towns uh, left unguarded for native bands to pick off with ease. Each one had either been abandoned or turned into a fortress. So now a fight was going to be a lot harder. Well, that meant they couldn't conduct their raids. It didn't mean the militia was going to get in a decisive open battle that they insisted they need to break the back of native resistance either because the natives weren't going to give that to them. Right. Instead, the native band simply hid out uh, in the forest, slowly dying and doing everything they could to simply fight food. You know, this really stopped uh, the native war effort because they, they just couldn't go on. Mm-hmm. Um, this didn't stop the constant violence. The type of violence simply changed. There's no more tit-for-tat raids uh, or massacres, but rather a constant rolling and unending campaign of slaughter launched by the colonial militia against the force right. that was literally not even trying to fight back anymore because they couldn't. They were just like, they are eating grass and shit, man. Like, which mm-hmm. also, when the, when the colonial authorities learned that, they started, they started wildfires to burn the grass and the trees away. Like, absolute extermination tactics. Sure. For example, hundreds of Narragansetts were massacred when they were just out trying to find some corn seeds for planting. Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to do do stuff. Any survivors are forced into slavery, as is always the case here. uh, Here now. The voices within the Native Alliance who talked about killing Philip and sending his head to Plymouth uh, to end the war got a little bit louder. Could you imagine? Uh, Like, I don't care how, uh, like dedicated to the cause you are after you're like picking corn seeds out of animal shit for food you're like mm-hmm. philip's gotta go man like 
Philip, Philip, we're we're done here, right? We're done. We're, we're going home. Uh, oh, can't go home. It's on fire. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After hearing this one too many times of like people threatening to murder him, pretty like nobody was really hiding it anymore. Uh, right. Philip no longer had any any kind of pull with any tribes at this point, not even his own, who were also threatening to kill him. Understandable, he, I think. Yeah. He uh, he retreated with a handful of supporters to a place called Mount Hope. Um, oh, a good name. I bet it's going to go poorly. Yeah, it always does. Uh, hunting him was Benjamin Church. We touched on him previously for about five seconds as an example of one of those stereotypical hard men, colonial frontiersmen. Um, he was a tracker, woodsman, uh, also absolute psychopath. Uh, now, Church's reputation has uh, long since been uh, been whitewashed uh, because he's considered the father of the U.S. Army Rangers, um, and he even has a bronze ra- uh, bronze colored Ranger tab tacked onto his grave. Uh, now, the whitewashing tends to come down to his tactics, which they boil down to quote The natives are good at this kind of warfare, so we should learn from them. Very groundbreaking stuff. Uh, Though he also like came out with a like actual list of military tactics, which was not really a thing in the 1600s. Um, though his list, which is still cherished and championed by the Rangers today, left out the part uh, uh, where he was the colonial patron saint of terror, genocide, warfare. Right, Einstein's group would die. Yeah. He was at the Swamp Massacre and uh, gladly and gleefully took part in the murder and mutilation that happened there. Outstanding. Uh, this, uh, I, I mean, his bullet point list is unimportant, but the, one of the, the fourth bullet of the published principles of warfare is, quote, not inflicting unnecessary damage or harm. So, mm. yeah, he's also a, a lion bitch. Now, during the hunt for King Philip, Church's forces made up of Scanet natives and colonialists he had trained himself unleashed a campaign of horror uh, toward, in the direction of Mount Hope. If you, every band in his way was murdered or enslaved. Uh, if they were if they were warriors or not meant absolutely nothing. Um, according to the one of the sources that I used here, King Philip's War: The History and Legacy of America's Forgotten Conflict, called these quote cleanup operations. Ugh. Yeah, Church, while a monster, was not alone in this. Of course not. Major John Talcott led what was effectively a death squad across the entirety of Massachusetts. He didn't even bother to take slaves, which is one hell of an outlier during this period. Uh, Look, wow, you're not even enslaving people. Okay. Okay. In New York, Governor Andros had opened his land to any native refugees of the the ongoing war, which is true. That was not a trap. Andros, well, everybody in the story sucks. He sucks the least, which is the... And and on this show is really the best you can hope for, to be completely honest. That's true. Uh, Talcott stocked the roads that he knew that would be taken by New England natives towards the relative safely, uh, safety of New York, he spawn camped. He waited on a road, the only road that he knew people were going to take to New York and killed everyone on the road. And then he left their bodies on the road. He did not enslave anybody. He just murdered everybody. Jesus fucking Christ. However, eventually Church's mission to find and kill King Philip would come to an end. On August 1st, they saw him wounding him in a shootout before he escaped, though they did manage to capture his family, uh, his wife and nine-year-old son. They were sold into slavery. Uh, uh, nobody's really sure what happened to them, but most people think they're kind of made sure to die uh, sure. Like, as, as revenge. Shortly after that, they discovered Widamu, uh, the leader of the Pocasset. Rather than uh, be captured, she was rumored to have kill herself, killed herself. Uh, though other sources say she drowned in a river on accident in the middle of all of this. Uh, who knows? Uh, but regardless, her body was dismembered with axes and oh. her head was placed on a spike and printed through Taunton Green, Massachusetts. Oh, great. Philip still managed to outrun him uh, despite having a musket ball on his side. Uh, but eventually another spy came forward, a guy named Alderman. Uh, I assume not in Alderman, but his name was Alderman. <laughs> uh, it's weird. I'm the elected Alderman of this tree. Now, uh, Alderman was brother uh, to a guy Philip had killed personally uh, because that guy had suggested that they surrender and, and give Philip up. So this is a revenge for him as well. Uh, sure. Alderman told Church that he would lead his men to Philip's camp, which is hidden by, again, in a swamp. Philip loves swamps. He Shrek. Yeah, loves them. I, I mean, he, he is Shrek. Uh, he, he just loves being in swamps. And he just, again, he just wants to be left alone in his swamps. On August 12th, 
1676, they sprung their trap, and Philip was shot dead by aldermen after refusing to surrender one last time. His body was hanged, drawn, and quartered, and decapitated, and his head was sent to Plymouth. And actually, the rest of his body was sent back to Plymouth as well in pieces and oh. spread around the city on different uh, public displays. Right. Alderman was allowed to keep one of Philip's hands as a souvenir. That's gross. Yeah. Why would you even want that? Like, because you're a freak, dude. You've had it for three days and now it's rotting. Good job. You're an asshole. I mean, to be fair, Philip did kill Alderman's brother. So yeah, fair enough. He gets Still, a pass in this situation. A little weird. Yeah, I, I like maybe he wore it on his neck like a, like oh, a yeah, like, like a chain, yeah. like flavor flave on a clock, but just yeah. a hand swinging back and forth. You you take the hand, right? You curl up the fingers so they uh, so rigor mortis sets in with just the middle finger up. So it's like you know you decorate it a bit. Yeah, you gotta be you you, you gotta have fun with it. Um, now with the war effectively over, the colonial war aims rapidly changed. Now they would continue their campaign of brutality in order to destroy any possible remnant of native power in the region. By native power, I mean native existence. Um, several band and tribal leaders were given promises of safety in exchange for surrender, only to be executed, and then the rest of their tribe to be forced into slavery. Others were dragged through the streets of Boston and hung up in public in front of the hooting masses who were just there to hang out. In the end, King Philip's War was as close to an apocalypse that New England has ever seen. The Narragansett tribe was effectively obliterated. Only 200 of them, maybe less, survived, despite the fact starting out, they were one of the strongest tribes in the region. The tribe was so thoroughly destroyed that descendants still struggle for recognition to this day. The Wampanoag were broken and scattered and destroyed, their leadership all dead and enslaved. Uh, from this point on, existence in New England for Native people was pretty much not allowed. They either ejected, murdered, or enslaved in a process that Eugene Aubrey, uh, who was a uh, Eugene Aubrey Stanton, a Plymouth Colony historian, called "quote wholesale perpetual enslavement." the The colonies had annihilated Algonquin society as a rival power or even a people in New England at such a level that it could never recover. In terms of population, King Philip's War was the bloodiest conflict in American history per the size of the population. Starvation and disease wreaked havoc at a scale that guns of the era just couldn't achieve, as you know, it was quite common in war back then, but much worse in a war like this. Around 2,500 colonists died, uh, which could have been 30% of the population of New England. At least twice as many Native Americans were killed. We're not entirely sure. Uh, like... Uh, but like, if twice that number were killed, it's thought that two or three times that number were enslaved, with untold thousands of them dying in slavery, right? 52 uh, col colonial towns were attacked, a dozen were destroyed, and most of everybody's food supply was destroyed, used, or otherwise lost. That meant for years after the war, people were dying from the effects of the war. Depending on where you lived, those losses were much, much higher regionally. For sure. example, many native bands were completely obliterated. Uh, right. Their numbers were never going to recover, which goes back to part one when we're talking about the, the rolling genocide of native people. Mm -hmm. um, like Plymouth Colony lost 8% of its entire adult population. Jesus. The breath of destruction was so incredible that it's thought that it took 100 years for New England to recover. And by New England, I mean colonial New England, not the native. The native population sure. would never recover. Never recover, right. So if you think about it, this is 1676, 1678, give or take. It took almost until the end of the American Revolution for New England to recover from this. Wow. Yeah. The war led to something else as well. During this entire war, the British Empire had been watching their subjects completely fuck this thing up from afar. Mm -hmm. um, a royal commission was conducted by Edward Randolph that found that the Puritans, when you know it, were running an insane theocracy, breaking English law and trading with several of England's enemies, namely the French. Mm -hmm. Somewhat ironically, it also found that the colonies uh, had stolen land, not from native people that they had stolen land from, right, but instead course. the British crown. Yeah. How dare you? Can't have that. The commission ended with him by saying that it was pretty clear that many colonies wanted a general governor, uh, like central leadership directly uh, appointed and managed by the King of England. Uh, and from there, there was a slow and never stopping march to England asserting its authority over the colonies. Eventually, of course, you know, leading them becoming fully chartered 
uh, an official crown colonies under royal authorities, and then you know everything that happens after that. Mm-hmm. So this war directly led to effectively America, mm-hmm. uh, which is disgustingly apt. You know, yep. like yeah, of course it's a genocide. Yeah, of course, and that is King Philip's war. The conclusion. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I hope. I don't know if I want to say you enjoyed that. Uh, this gave you horrible statistics of death and misery. Hopefully you didn't enjoy that too much. That. Liam, we do a thing on the show called Questions from the Legion. Uh, if you'd like to ask us a question, uh, sign up on the Patreon. Ask us on Patreon or on Discord. Um, and you can ask us a question. Uh, so this question is sent to us. What is like a slang term, parentheses, not a slur, good call, uh, that you used to use an awful lot when you were younger and now you absolutely do not? Um, I. I mean, I guess we're a little bit older than some of our listeners, so we're gonna we're gonna yeah. be getting into some old lore here. Um, I gotta go with tight. Nobody uh, says tight anymore. I've said tight, uh, but I always say it sarcastically. I've got one. Uh, you ever use cheesin for like smiling? I've seen people use it. I was not or, a like, cheesin geek- user myself. Geek- geeking out. Um, what is geeking out? Is that like, just like just, just like freaking out, or just like? Uh, where I grew up, geeked out was a term that we use for people on meth. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, um, we had meth, but I think it was that was just sort of the standard. <laughs> yeah, like of course, Our Central Pennsylvania, baby. Hell yeah! I oh, mean, there's another one. Uh, tight is definitely one that comes to my mind. I think the last time I heard that was when I re- rewatched Breaking Bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't think of another one. Maybe butt spackle. For for diarrhea, I remember people saying that a lot when I was a kid. If you said butt spackle, now I don't think people would know what the fuck you're talking about. Butt spackle, butt spackle. That's a good one. It makes sense, right? Um, okay, well that's been that was that was a good question. Uh, anyway, yeah, if you're if you support the show uh, or become a supporter of the show, ask us a question and think of supporting the show. Uh, if you like what we what do is- here, throw us a dollar, two dollars, whatever. Uh, and you get access to our Discord, which is a lovely little self-contained community full of weirdos like us. Uh, you get you get to ask questions from Legion. You get uh, bonus episodes. You get early episodes. Uh, Liam will come to your house and high five you. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, Liam, plug your show. Hi. Uh, Ten thousand losses, and well, there's your problem. Sorry, I was in the middle of burping. Outstanding. Um, and yeah, I have books out. Uh, uh, the links uh, for them will be in the show notes. If you like military sci-fi, check them out. They're cheap, and I like to consider them fine. Uh, so pick those up, too. Uh, and until next time, uh, oh, uh, a lot of people from Massachusetts and stuff uh, and all the eastern states messaged me and said like they they grew up in some of these towns that had been attacked, had no idea. Uh, yeah, they don't talk right. about it in school. One guy's about, yeah. school is named after King Philip, and he had yeah. his school did not teach about the war. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, which is incredible. So until next time, uh, good luck in the American education system, I guess. Yeah, sorry.